Sunnable fans, it is a Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Sunnables podcast. Talking to you with my co-host, Richie Bradshaw, who is currently in Mobile, Alabama, covering the Senior Bowl. Today, we're going to be talking about some Rashad White news and essentially how he's looking so far through practice. Then talking about anything East-West Shrine Bowl and our five Sunnable representatives there. And then capping it off today with the three-game homestand Arizona State basketball has coming up here in Tempe. Five, uh, essentially five days and three ranked opponents. You're listening to the Lockdown Sunnables podcast. Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Sun Devil fans, again to a Wednesday edition of the podcast. As you can see, or I should say, as you cannot see our beautiful faces today, uh, we are having some technical issues uh, while we try, are trying to record, record and cover the Senior Bowl for you guys. So, Still have the audio version and placing this on YouTube. You will get to see our smiling faces at some point. But as I had mentioned, Richie is back with us today as, for, as well as the rest of the week. Uh, but before we get into that, thank you so much for making Locked on Sunnables your first listen every day. We are free and available on just about every platform you can think of. Uh, we have content that comes out Monday through Friday for you guys, whether that's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Odyssey app. You guys name it. We are there Monday through Friday. Click the subscribe button on any of those apps and never miss an episode. So when we uh, essentially give you guys a new episode every single day, uh, you're going to get that notification. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. And then our Locked on Sundables Twitter page, that's at LO underscore Sundables. Make sure to give that a follow as we are tweeting things specifically right now about the Senior Bowl. Uh, definitely don't want to miss any of that content. Richie, it is good to have you back, my friend. You are down in Mobile. How is uh, Mobile treating you so far? Mobile is treating me good, my friend. It's it's great to be back. And today today was a wonderful day at practice. We'll dive into that in just a second with all the Rashad White stuff. But o- overall, I'm just very, very happy to be back in Mobile. It's my home. Well, that that's twofold, right? Like, you, you and I love the draft. You, you definitely know a little bit more about the NFL draft than I do, but I've gotten more and more into it. It's become one of my favorite events throughout the year. Uh, and and uh, as you have said in this podcast before, the draft starts mobile. But now also getting to cover a, a Sunnival player, and not only like a Sunnival player, but it's one of our favorite Sunnival players, uh, who, by the way, we did record for Friday's episode last week. So if you missed that, make sure you go uh, see our exclusive interview with Rashad White. Not going to want to miss that episode. But uh, how uh, is Rashad looking so far through, what, one day of practice? So through one day of practice, Rashad has looked very, very good. There was a there was a couple instances where he, he kind of looked a little sloppy almost, but for the most part, he had a very strong practice. So where he looked exceptional was in the one-on-one receiving drills. He was able no, to... No, wait, he's good at receiving? Hits. No, yeah, fun fact. I don't know if you know. Unbelievable. That, he, he was doing what we had seen him do all year. The way he's able to drop his hips, he's able to keep his feet moving the whole time. There was actually a play, Connor, where he goes to do... It's just one of those little routes where they do like a quick quick slant to the outside and then cut it right back in. It's what Keenan Allen is very famously known for. And he actually was able to get the linebacker to fall over doing that. So <laughs> he, he looked exceptional. And someone had brought up to me when I was gushing about him that he, he typically was near the very top, if not was at the top of all the pro football focuses, uh, receiving grades for college football running backs. And it's easy to see why, not just for us, but for, everybody else who's getting an outside look 
looking in at Rashad White, as we had talked about, Connor, the, the one opportunity that Rashad would have to really shine the most in Mobile and separate him was in the receiving category. And guess what? Mm-hmm. He did just that. He truly made a huge impact in the receiving game. He had the soft hands. He was really, really meticulous with his routes and just made guys look silly sometimes. We didn't get to truly see him try and beat press coverage or anything like that, but obviously a running back isn't really going to necessarily deal with that very much. He did, Connor. This was very interesting, and I was I was uh, able to make sure that the page retweeted this, was he clocked in at tied the second fastest play of the game. He clocked in on one oh, wow. of those runs at 21 miles and a quarter or uh, 21 and a quarter miles per hour. I don't, uh, I don't know Raheem Mostert's like top, top end speed off the top of my head. I know he's had some of those plays in the NFL over the last couple of years, but he's, he's quickly approaching some of those numbers, like somewhere between 21 and 22 miles an hour. So nothing to scoff at for shots. That's definitely a cool metric that I, I hadn't seen on Twitter today. Yeah, no, it's cool. And I mean, all of us know that Rashad isn't necessarily a speed demon who's going to beat you in, in a long run. He's more sure. of a long strider than he is a track star, but mm-hmm. he he looked really, really good today. He looked explosive. For what it's worth, they did have him on special teams punt return, uh, punt return uh, uh, drills. That's the word I'm looking for. And he definitely looked a little rusty. And granted, so take this with a grain of salt, Connor. A lot of the guys who were doing the punt returns looked rusty, but – they were having to deal with groups of other players being throughout the field, and these punters just very inconsistent on their ball placement. Some of them were on the sideline, some of them were 50 yards deep, and some of them were 25 yeah. yards deep. So it was kind of hard to get a gauge on these guys as punt returners. But Rashad getting that opportunity, that's another, that's another aspect that can help him really separate here, is remember he did have those, those special teams opportunities last year and in the first couple games this year before they realized how valuable he was and to get him out of there. Well, at the next level, Connor, short of, short of Rashad White going to a situation and being the number one back and proving that he is a thousand yard runner on a regular basis, the, the best way for him to get on the field early and often would be to show that special teams prowess that we know he has the capability to do. So it was sure. really nice to see him back out there. And honestly, it was almost like a refresher in my head of like, oh, yeah, I forgot that Rashad White did that because you had DJ Taylor, who was consistently taking the ball seven yards deep and only getting out to the 18-yard line. You forget that Rashad That's White 25 was yards right there. Yes, but not quite the 25 we're looking for. You, you forget that Rashad White was a very dynamic return man. So this is another really good opportunity for him, Connor, to – continue establishing a a stock for himself so he's not just a running back in this class okay he's not just another name he is he is this terrific receiver and hopefully he can show off that return ability as well because even though Hassan Haskins did dip out of this week he is still going up against some very good competition I will tell you right now that Tyler Batty of Missouri and Jerome Ford of Cincinnati also looked very, very good today. The difference that was going to be my next question is the better receiver. Yes. So you you mentioned multiple times there, like you you forget how good Rashad was as a return man. To be honest, I, I do, I really do forget how good of a a return guy or special teams player Rashad white can be. To be honest, I I feel like he has to go to the right situation in the NFL where they need to utilize him that way. I, 
I, I don't think that he's going to be that guy. I, I think uh, come when the NFL or some NFL team drafts him, unless he just so happens to be their best option out there. Uh, it, it'll be interesting, but you and I both know he's got special talent, right? He may not have the blazing speed, uh, but a little bit more of like a long shredder, like you had said, but the dude just has a knack for being able to make plays. And, and I don't think that's just exclusive to when he's in the backfield. I, I think he can be that guy uh, on special teams, maybe a little bit early in his career, but Rashad White is definitely a, a special kind of talent. What he does with that talent yet to be seen, but um, we'll, we'll see if he continues to have some great days out there. Uh, I mean, overall, he's trying to pick up bits and pieces of a playbook, right, that he may not be very familiar with. Uh, so NFL teams right now are, are already kind of gauging how quickly he can pick up on this and implement it on the field. So uh, definitely great to hear that he is not – and you almost don't want to be the worst. If you're the best of the running backs, that's great. You definitely don't want to be the worst of a, a small group of guys there, right? So uh, if he's already starting to separate himself as a receiver, that's kind of what we had already talked about, not too surprising. Definitely great to see. Hopefully he continues to do more of that, and it only helps improve his draft stock there. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I wasn't the only one who was gushing about him today, and neither was Donnie. Uh, for the uh, fun fact, Donnie, Donnie Drew and our good friend over at All, All Sun Devils is also mm-hmm. out here in Mobile with me. But I wasn't the only one. There was a few guys that I talked to that I'm good friends with, including uh, Thor Nystrom, I believe is how you pronounce his name, over at NBC Sports who had him listed as one of his five biggest winners from the national team today. So Rashad White is picking up some steam, not just for myself, not just for Donnie, but the national media, which is what we had hoped, is picking up on Rashad White and what he's able to put on the field. Definitely great to hear. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more about that and even what's more of a national perspective of him as it continues to grow over the week. Uh, But with that, let's go ahead and move on to the second part of the podcast today, talking about some other Sun Devils. Didn't quite make it to the Senior Bowl. Uh, I'm going to blame Jim Nagy on that one. Uh, That being said, we did have five representatives at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Uh, So we'll talk about them and any news we have on them coming up next. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Uh, We have to talk to you about Built Bar. Uh, I feel like we talk about them literally almost every day. Definitely one of the the biggest sponsors here we have, the Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, but not even just for the, the network themselves. Rich and I, we, we love these built Bars, right? Uh, it's the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit, eating healthier, make sure you include built Bar in your plans. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy when sticking to your resolutions because it tastes so good. You're going to want to eat it. Unlike protein bars, which can be a little bit chalky, waxy, or even taste a bit like a chemical spill. You're going to want to eat healthy. But it just gets so boring, right? But like week three, you might be thinking this just, it's not worth it. It's not for me. Where's the chocolate? Where's that junk food? I I need that now. The Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And most of their Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any candy bar out there, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Those just aren't even comparable. So you get the best of both worlds with the Built Bar here. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from, whether that's coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, and mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com to see what's coming out essentially almost every single day. Uh, If you go to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 50% off your order. Again, you can use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Richie, let's dive into the second part of today's podcast. But again, thank you so much for making Locked on Sentinels your first listen every day. Connor Drios and Richie Bradshaw talking now about the East-West Shrine Bowl. While we are not there in attendance, we do have uh, essentially some contacts there giving us a little bit of information on how the Sun Devils are performing so far. It may not get the national perspective that the Senior Bowl gets, but it's it's still a week of practice, right? It's still something that NFL teams are going to look at. There are NFL players here, right? Now it's just finding out who can play and who can't. Hey, and Richie, maybe let's start off with uh, some of our favorites here, and we'll kind of work through the, the five that we have. Let's start off with one of the mascots here, Darian Butler. Is there anything that we have on him so far? Yes. So let me preface this real quick for, so for all, all the information we're getting, my, my very good friend, Tyler Browning at diabetic Tyler on Twitter was kind enough to give me all the information for mm-hmm. these sun devils that, that they're doing this week. So for what it's worth, please go and follow my friend Tyler again on Twitter. He's diabetic Tyler. This is a great draft mind. He was able to get the, the, the virtual media credentials this week in order to watch all of the Shrine Game Bowl, uh, the Shrine Shrine Bowl game practices this week. I think it's it's so, Bowl Shrine Game, I, I think. Bowl is what Shrine we're going Game? For. Correct. Uh, bowl Shrine Game? Okay, perfect. Uh, game Shrine Bowl? Something like that. So Yes, correct. But, yeah, so again, shout out to Tyler for being my insider source on this. But unfortunately, Connor, it does not sound like Darian Butler has had a very good week out in Vegas. So it, it sounds like he's been kind of worked in coverage a little bit. The running backs were able to kind of put some moves and some stunts on him. He wasn't able to be very sticky in coverage. And unfortunately, there's not a ton of pass rushing drills for Butler to really shine and show off that ability for himself. So from what I have heard, and obviously I'll have to confirm with some other sources, although I do trust Tyler very, very much. Unfortunately, Darian has had kind of a weak week. When you told me Darian Butler was was having a bad week in Vegas, I thought you meant he was down at the craps table or something like that. Like just he was out of his money or something. But uh, I think no, we prefer he, that. He's down bad. <laughs> I think we prefer that than hearing he's doing bad on the football field. But hey, as you had mentioned, this is one opinion, even though we do trust the source. Uh, in the same way that one good day for a shot wide at the Senior Bowl does not launch him into the first round, one bad day for Darian Butler doesn't necessarily hurt him so much either, right? It. it even if you're making some bad plays, what, what can you do? Can you make adjustments from there, right? Because even NFL players have bad games, but can you rebound from there? So uh, Darian Butler was a little bit of that tweener linebacker, uh, kind of maybe questioning, could he play at the next level? Loved, loved him in the Sun Devil uniform, but definitely hope he gets drafted by an NFL team that uh, can put him to proper use. But hopefully we hear a little bit better news uh, on him there. Let's stay on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, let's go with DJ Davidson, defensive tackle for the Sun Devils. So Davidson, from my understanding, has been one of the best Sun Devils on the field. He's been absolutely explosive, violent with his hands, and consistently penetrating the backfield and making offensive linemen just look absolutely silly. Putting dudes on skates, outmuscling them, outsmarting them. Clearly, Davidson has a plan when he goes to get ready for the snap and he's mm-hmm. executing it very, very well. And I think that's something we saw, uh, especially down the stretch for DJ Davidson was he just seemingly got better and better to the point where we had to start talking about him as the best defensive lineman for Arizona state. So Davidson has been one of the strongest players at, literally and, and uh, uh, figuratively. So Davidson, one of the big, big winners this week, I think he might've been able to put himself on NFL radar to the point where we're talking about him as a draftable player now. 
Yeah, so I, I like that you say draft, draftable players. So it's not like we're talking about all five of these guys in Rashad White of can they all get themselves like in, in the first three rounds? It's, that's not realistic. There's a, a strong chance we don't see any of them go in the first three rounds, right? Maybe maybe a Donovan West, maybe a Rashad White, but that, that's yet to be seen. DJ Davidson strikes me as just a very quality player, and maybe that goes into his prep. Like you had mentioned, uh, before the snap, he really seems to be knowing what he's doing. Um, so it doesn't surprise me to hear that he's doing well out there in Vegas so far. Um, if he is on NFL radars now, he could be a bit of a value. Maybe a guy that plays a little bit on some special teams early on and uh, uh, just finds a way to make an NFL roster and proves that he can be uh, 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 essentially a very capable player in the trenches. Defensive tackle is not exactly the, the sexiest position, right? As far as the, the defense goes, we gave a lot of love to the corners, which we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, but regardless, uh, being able to play the run, right? Being able to get after the quarterback, a very viable skill needed in the NFL. So very good for Davidson. Uh, Richie, I'll, I'll let you pick your poison here. Let's move to the defensive backs before we move to our, our lone uh, offensive player at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Uh, pick either corner and let's talk about them. Uh, tell you what, I'll just go, I'll just go with both of them real quick because when it, when it comes to Jack Jones, there's no okay. news. And when it comes to practices for defensive backs, no news is good news because mm-hmm. this means that Jack Jones isn't getting absolutely scorched in practice. So he has played well enough to just stay under the radar. He's not flashing anything brilliant, but he's not getting beat. And quite frankly, Connor, that's one of the most important things for for defensive backs in this process is making sure that no matter what happens on the practice field, the moment you start getting worked, everyone is going to talk about it. Every single person. But if you're able to lock guys up for the most part, even if it's just forcing guys to the boundary, forcing incomplete passes, you don't need to be breaking up passes and this, that, and the other. The important thing is you're making sure that the receiver isn't consistently balling out over you. And that's what Jack Jones has been able to do very, very well. So no news is good news on the Jack Jones front. Chase Lucas has been hot and cold. He's been Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. From my understanding, he got worked on the first day of practices and Chase Lucas looked slow and sluggish and just overall, not, not even a camp body, honestly, just a guy who clearly didn't belong on the same field as everyone else. However, he rebounded very, very well. And in one-on-one drills near the goal line, and this isn't necessarily goal line fades, Connor. So let, let me preface it with that. This is not goal line fades. This is just simply goal line opportunities for the receivers. Lucas did not allow a single catch. So okay. clearly rebounding big time. And that's what we're going to be talking about more. We're not going to be talking about a week first day. We're going to be talking about how he progressively got better throughout the week and ultimately ended up just absolutely stunning everybody and keeping it to where receivers were just, they were on, they were on Lucas Island. <laughs> it's, it's the fourth Island right next to Rivas Island. It's a uh, chase Lucas Island. So there you go. Our corners looking very, very good. That Island might be like miles away, maybe below the equator, different continents, but uh, maybe he has, an it's island. off that, that could be a thing. it's off that Arizona ocean front property. I will say every corner thinks they have a uh, uh, an island, and then there's Eli Apple getting torched, uh, thinking he still has an island, which apparently is just the NFL field to him. Uh, Connor, but we we don't even have enough time for me to start <laughs> complaining about Eli Apple. Um, so w- with that, it's definitely some, still some good news on the corners. Uh, again, I, I think you and I can both agree we do like Jack Jones a little bit better as a prospect. But again, if Lucas can find his way into 
uh, either like a camp body or a little bit better. That would be great. As of right now, if he does not end up getting drafted come April, wouldn't be too terribly surprising, but a uh, big fan of Lucas obviously gave the Sun Devils five great years or, or at least five really solid years. Um, so definitely a, a fan favorite of, of ours. Now let's move on to, uh, again, the one last player on the offensive side of the ball. Now talking about left tackle, Kellen Deesh. So Connor, this is not just from my friend, Tyler Browning. This mm-hmm. is universally from draft Twitter. Kellen Deesh has been the best Arizona state Sun Devil at the Shrine Bowl. Not only that, he's been one of the best players in general at the Shrine Bowl. Deesh okay. has been near flawless. He's been very polished and uh, similar to Davidson. He has a plan before the snap and it does not appear that anybody is able to get any kind of ground on him. He's been good run blocking and pass blocking and pretty much everything that you need Deesh to do. Deesh has been able to show up and produce on the field. So for a position that doesn't have any statistics for Deesh to be claimed as the best Sun Devil on the field and perhaps one of the best players at the Shrine Bowl in general, that is a huge win for him. And we're not the only ones who have been talking about Deesh. We talked about uh, a little while ago how Mel Kuyper has him in his top 10 tackles. I believe he had him at six. And you know, he, he had him other... as like a, he was like a 10 a right. He was tied at the very end with two That's other guys. Right. Yes. Darren but either way, still, a, still a recognizable was. name to Mel Kuyper. So regardless, this, even though he's putting him at 10 a, this does not mean he's the 10th best tackle. It's it just kind of maybe where he thinks his floor and ceiling kind of line up. So if these can prove to be a, a very solid player at one of the most positions in the NFL, definitely want to be a, a big week for him. If he can be one of the better players out there. Yeah, and from the sounds of everything, is Deesh is doing exactly that, Connor. So I'm curious that you are officially at the point where the Senior Bowl is starting to call some guys up from the minor league, a.k.a. the Shrine Bowl, and have them come down to Mobile to the major leagues and, quote-unquote, for the show. Uh, Oregon safety Vernon McKinley actually got the call up today. I am curious if Kellen Deesh might be able to sneak his way down to Mobile. Now, I wouldn't count on it. Because it's not sure. like Mobile makes 10 to 15 additions from the Shrine Bowl to this roster. But I I would be curious. And again, is it going to happen? I'd bet money it's not. But if if there was a guy from the Shrine Bowl to get that call up, hopefully it would be Deesh. Definitely great news. Uh, as we have more news on these guys, whether it's at the Shrine Bowl or the Senior Bowl, we'll definitely be talking about that later this week. Now let's move on to the last part of the podcast. Sun Devils are in a tough stretch where they play five games against five ranked opponents. They've already played two of those, uh, losing both. Three left now on a homestand. What is considered success on these next three games? We'll talk about that and more on the last part of the podcast here. But first, we have to talk to you about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues this March through the playoffs, right to the big game, and now just, what, under two weeks away till we have that Super Bowl, Bengals and Rams? BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, uh, sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. Richie, I was talking about the uh, the game against our rivals down south, Arizona, uh, from this weekend. A tough way to lose, man. Played a very tough first half, and 
while U of A did not play particularly well, I think I mentioned on the podcast uh, that they went 0 for 15 behind the three-point line until a couple minutes into the second half when they finally made their first three-point shot. And they were still essentially tied with ASU through the first half. So ASU did at least play well defensively, but ultimately getting into the loss. Um, two losses now. You've lost to USC uh, pretty convincingly. They, they did play well in that first half before they got scorched in the second half. But we're, we're seeing now this trend of the last two games, and not even so much just these two games, but of this, this five-game segment that we're talking about. Two games played against some ranked opponents, two essentially like collapses in the second half. Um a- ASU, right? Like if it's not DJ Horn who played very well against Arizona, who else is it? Right. I, I don't, I don't think I see this personally changing um, as we go into these last three games. Uh, I'm going to remind all of our listeners. You did take the over on uh, 0.5 games. They would win in this five game stretch, hopefully upsetting at least one of them. And Hey, against Arizona, like they, they were close. They really were. There was a stretch in the second half against Arizona, like almost seven minutes, I believe where Arizona did not score a basket, which or sorry. Arizona State did not score a basket, which that gave U of A an opportunity to be able to take the lead uh, by a large sum at that point. But three games so against. I'm going to put the uh, ball in your court for a second. The basketball, real, real correct? Because we're talking basketball? Real, yes, for basketball. Okay. So I'm going to put this in your court for a second. And this is more of a meme than anything. So you referenced my my uh, quote unquote gamble that Arizona State was going yeah, to. Yeah, you put a house payment on it. Yes, I did put a house payment on it. And it <laughs> sounds like I'm going to be homeless after this. But. So, so there's two SpongeBob memes that we can use here. The first okay. one is is the guy. He's like, "Hey, I just want to. I just got my license." So this this would be the scenario for you. It's like, "Hey, we just want a basketball game," and ASU is like, "Hey, I'm hey, I too. doubt." And then the other person's oh. like, "Hey, I doubt it." And then <laughs> and then the last one I'm thinking would be, "I I'm SpongeBob, you're Patrick, right?" And okay. and uh, Patrick's like, "Oh, look, looks like you're gonna win a game, really." No, no. <laughs> that, nice try. I feel like that's that's the scenario that I'm living in right now is those two. It's like, hey, I'm going to win a game too. Hey, I doubt it. So, Richie, I, I will say, so court, th- which one is which one is more realistic right now? Which one fits better? Probably the second one. I would say the second one. <laughs> um, but through these these first two games, Richie, like looking at Arizona State's roster and comparing them who they're playing against, are they meeting expectations? No, seriously. Def- uh, okay. So it, it's, it's okay to say no. Like, uh, again, we've said on this podcast several times, specifically about the basketball team. If we have that mentality for, Hey, they only lost by X amount. That is loser basketball. Not what Bobby Hurley yep. is here for. Not what we have uh, a, a guy like Marcus Bagley who came here for. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, we're at this point in the season where the expectation is to win every game, right? Game by game. They, they take it one at a time. It's not realistic. That just doesn't happen. But that being said, they're not getting in the win column, right? So the, the expectation should be to win at least one of these games against a ranked opponent. Not easy to do for these Sun Devils, but played two games so far very well through the first half. I, I don't think it's it's unrealistic to say they're going to play that well through probably maybe another game or two well in the first half, and then they just seem to collapse in the second half. What's it going to take for them to finally push this over the edge and get a win against one of these three teams? Connor, at this point, I don't know what it's going to take because – they, you you find a way to be competitive and you make these games so interesting in the first half and you completely fall on your face in the second half. Your pants are around your ankles and we're all making fun of you because what the heck are we supposed to do right now with the way that you're not able to consistently play two full halves of basketball? So I don't know what's going on with the Sun <laughs> right now, but 
I signed up for a competitive basketball team. This is not a competitive basketball team, at least not for a full game. Like, it's not enough to play strong for 20 minutes if you're not going to be able to play strong for 40 minutes. You know what? At that point, I'd rather you play mediocre for all 40 minutes instead of instead of great and then terrible. Like, I don't want your alter egos coming out to play this game. I want your A game. And I understand that your A game is not good enough to beat the U of A's of the world, but it should be enough to at least make it a game where I'm, I'm enjoying watching the Sun Devils at least try to make it into something interesting. And right now they're not doing that. So I'm sorry to come down real harsh on the team right now. Like I know typically me and you are Debbie downers. We don't apologize in the podcast. We don't. No. (laughs) Well, I know that we're typically Debbie downers about the, about the, the Sun Devils basketball team, but right now I'm mad, Connor. I truly am like this. This is not at, at all acceptable for what ASU should be able to do on the basketball court. Again, we're not asking you to beat the U of A's of the world. We're not asking you to beat the Baylor's and the USC's and the UCLA's of the world. We're not asking you to be the one seed in March Madness, okay? What we're asking is you to be competitive for a full 40 minutes, and you're not able to do that right now. And I, I'm not going to say it's embarrassing because I, I believe that saying you're embarrassed of your sports team isn't a very good representation of yourself or the fan base, especially when you're not the one putting out the effort on the field. But that's neither here nor there. What I will tell you is I'm frustrated, and I feel like that's more than fair fair. as a fan and as an alumnus of my university that it's it's just very, very frustrating, Connor, and I don't know what to do about it at this point. I'll play devil's advocate before we end the podcast here. I'm at least encouraged that they're playing well in these first halves. I understand that they maybe can't hang with the team for a full 40 minutes. I I really do. Captain moral victory over here. But you're... You're giving me hope as a fan saying, hopefully we can pull this one out. But it, in my opinion, it's falling so much on, on, on DJ Horn. Uh, I, I think I, I might've talked about this in yesterday's podcast. They're putting so much weight on, on him essentially to be the guy, which it's not that he can't be the guy, but there's nobody else after him. If DJ Horn does not play well, this team does not play well. Uh, yesterday, we only had two players, or I shouldn't say yesterday, the game against Arizona, they only had two players score double digits or more. Uh, and that one player, I think was Marion Jackson with like 10 points or something off the bench. So if, if it's not Horn, it, it has to be other people. This is something we had talked about. Like they have to find consistent depth. This team does not have a superstar. That's fine. They're not going to go very far this season. If for some reason there's a miracle that happens that they make the NCAA tournament, they're not going very far. Um, but they need to find a group of players, even if it's not all five of their starting five, at least three guys that can score on a pretty consistent basis. So you would think it's Horn, uh, Kamani Lawrence, and maybe uh, uh, Marcus Bagley if he's ever to come back. But you're asking for consistency at that point as well. Kamani Lawrence has been very solid this year. Not always consistent. Um, so that's it, on nights like that where it's, it's just on DJ Horn and everybody else. You were very lucky U of A was scoring so poorly in the first half. And they tied you guys. They were doing so bad in the first half and they tied you. Credit the defense for how well they did in that first half, but I'm at least I'm at least a little bit filled with hope for how well they are playing. I just don't think they have enough gas to hang with some of these teams for 40 minutes. So it, it, ideally, if they can win one of these next three games, that would be great, but it has to come from other people other than Horn. It just has to. You got to find at least two other guys who are going to be able to, to put up some points, play defense, uh, and just rally this team. So with that, that'll go ahead and end the podcast for us today. 
Make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. You can also follow the Lockdown Sun Devils Twitter page. It's at LO underscore Sun Devils. Uh, we also have content that comes out Monday through Friday, uh, whether that's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, Stitcher, or even now YouTube. Uh, even though you can't see our face today, we will get that up and running later this week for you guys. Uh, stick with us for the rest of the week. We're going to be talking more and more about Rashad White at the Senior Bowl, as well as the East West Shrine Bowl. It is getting closer and closer to draft season for these guys, and we're very excited uh, for them to be moving on from this program and what they can do to represent the, the school essentially in the NFL. Uh, thank you so much for making Locked on Sun your first listen every day. Uh, again, we are free and available on all platforms. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms. You keep it locked on right here with the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Network.